Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh session of For the Lore Plays Dungeons and Dragons. When last we left Tag and Sir Reginald, they had braved the open sea, survived multitude of strange threats, almost ate their own crew, and then got the ship wrecked and had to take a rowboat to shore. When last we left off, the adventurers had just reached the city of Vermilion Point. Uh, we'll remind you, Vermilion Point is another coastal city, definitely much uh, more affluent than Opal Bay. Opal Bay was more of a fishing village, whereas Vermilion Point is more of a merchant town. Uh, larger buildings, nicer structures, you know, better wooden doors and gilded signs. The, the people around town seem to be wearing some finer clothes. Most of them seem to have bathed at some point in the last couple of days. Remind me if we had gone and done after... I'm just completely out of character here, but come <laughs> after, because Joe had hung up at some point or, or been disconnected. Mm -hmm. And then you and I had gone and I'd sold off the swords that I had and everything else. Right. Okay. And then I had said that I would give Joe some of that money. Had you added I believe it was too? 10 gold. I know I had messaged him saying to add 10 gold. Yeah, to that's what I had said. Yeah, okay. he did. I okay. added it. Okay. So then, okay. Well, where are we off to? Uh, if... Your ultimate goal is to arrive in your hometown of Cerulea because you were told that there is a mage, wizard, uh, arcane investigator by the name of Carol Thysis that can perhaps give you some better information about the artifact that you're carrying around. Tried to sail there by sea, but you were assaulted by undead and fish people and a large tentacle. Nothing we could not handle. Let's be no, honest. of course not. You just now no longer have a ship. It was never ours to begin with. So <laughs> nothing lost is the way that I look at it, in all honesty. So there you go. Now, I'm not in the biggest rush to get back home just yet. There must be somewhere that we can look for work here. Sure. Are there any uh, in, in Vermilion Point itself, there's no uh, Adventurer's Guild. Like if you remember the first job you were hired from through the dwarves, but if you want to ask around, maybe they can find some work for you. Either that or how big then is Cumbledar? Cumbledar is one of the Cumbledar. dwarven towns, so it's uh, like, just like many others that you've been through. Okay. They will have an Adventurer's Guild and assorted stuff like that. Can we, is there anyone nearby that looks as though they could provide us a ride to Cumbledar? Well, Vermilion Point is a uh, shipping village, so uh, there are regular land convoys that run to both Torum and Cumbledar. There has to be an inn somewhere as well? Oh, of course. What time is it? I, I believe it was just getting close to dusk when you guys had made, uh, arrived at shore. So we're going to head to the inn anyway. Does that sound fine to you? Probably a wise idea, yeah. We can see if there's anybody there who is on their way to Cumbledar who could either use assistance or that we could hire to bring us there. Okay. So you take us to the inn? I don't take you anywhere. You can go to the inn. Well, we're at the inn, narrator. How about you All do right. your job? <laughs> yes, uh, are you looking for a fancy inn? Uh, you know, how, how much money are you looking to spend on your night? I didn't say we were going to stay there. I said we're <laughs> going to go and see if there's anybody there that's on their way to Cumbledar. Okay. When you go to the cantina in Tatooine, you don't just kind of find a cot and sleep there. You look for transport. 
Alright, so you're looking for a fine establishment or a, a lower tier one? Those are our only choices. There's no middle of the road. I, I'm willing any, to any, settle. Any gradient but, we're in. Alright, let's go to let's, as much as it pains me to say, let's go to the seediest one in town. <laughs> are we sure that that is the wise idea? It has become my opinion that that is the easiest place to find what it is that you are looking for, regardless of what that may be. Fair point. All right. right. Onward into uh, the den of despicableness. (laughs) You guys ask around and you're directed to, I don't even want to call it a tavern, you know, a almost literal hole in the wall uh, nearby where the dock workers stay. Uh, There was a sign above the door at some point, but it's since rotted away so you're not entirely sure what it's called but there's definitely loud noises from uh, within and you can smell beer the fact that you can smell it outside is probably not a good point in its favor though okay we walk in how many patrons are there in there oh it's uh, at this point of night you know the the docks have wound down everybody's looking to get their drink on so it's pretty packed house there's i'd say 20 to 30 uh large men inside drinking being rowdy it's pretty packed though it's not a very large uh, room uh, a couple of serving women around uh, and one barkeeper yelling and trying to keep the crowd from destroying the place too badly all right i walk in brace myself in the middle of the doorway and announce that we are on our way to kambaldar and that if anybody is on their way there as well and would like to hire us to assist them as it is dangerous passage, they may come and find us at this table. And I proceed to the table. A loud, <sighs> boisterous laughter breaks out throughout the room. <laughs> Hire you. <laughs> we could barely pay for our own living. The only reason we come here is that the beer is so cheap because it's probably left over from the day before. Can't hire anybody. Who the hell are you? Now, one of the largest men in the room uh, stands up. My name's Stan. Head of the dock workers. Are you on your way to Cumbledar? Hell no. Then shut the hell up and sit down. Didn't ask your opinion. Even flick a little flame his way with my little thing. He sits down, continues laughing, takes a large drink. Fine, we go sit down. I'm prepared to wait a little bit while we order our drinks to see if anybody comes to their senses and realizes that they could use our assistance. And I kind of just lean over. You realize that if you're trying to get hired onto a job, you probably shouldn't have gone to the CDS place, right? Once again, sometimes what you're looking for happens to be in the seediest parts of town. So a, a couple minutes later, one of these serving women plops two mugs down on the table. I didn't order this. What's this swill? This is what we serve. You're here. So this is what you're here for. That'll be one copper each. I'll pay the two copper and just give her an extra copper. Like, here you go. She winks at you and walks away. Inappropriate behavior from a barmaid if I've ever seen it. Have you ever seen a barmaid? Yes, I have. Really? Yes. Are you sure? 
Are you positive? This is your idea of sarcasm in conversation. Thank you very much. This isn't a sarcasm. Give me my 10 gold back. I didn't have to give it to you in the first place. I'm I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah. All right. I'm looking around and seeing if there's anybody that's looking our way even. And there's a few glances in your direction, usually followed by laughter. The the barkeep seems to be keeping a close eye on you, too. Uh, you notice there's no other tieflings or half-orcs in the establishment. I'm going to actually put my drink down and walk over to the bar and motion the bartender my way. And he'll slide over, wipe his dirty rag across the bar in front of you. Am I to assume that it's hard to come by the, this kind of work here? Is there anybody that you would know who would need our assistance? Here in this bar, you're not going to find any work. I mean, I'll hire you to wash some dishes if you want. And you have no deliveries that you would like? Anything sent to Cumbledar? Not that far. I get my my wares locally. I went ahead to one of fancier places, and merchants seem to go there pretty often. All right. So I throw him a copper as well. All right. Tag, get your butt in gear. Let's go. Finish both the beers, since obviously he didn't. Oof. It's a good thing you're a half-orc, because those are not easy to put down. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a save versus death. I'm good. Um, <laughs> let's head out to the finest establishment in town, then. The finest establishment. Oh. So, again, you'll ask around a bit, and you'll find a very wonderful inn uh, near the center of town where all the fanciest buildings are uh, you tell it's very high class there's a wonderful music drifting out of the windows a wonderful glow of candlelight from within you hear very very muffled laughter from from inside and occasional singing i am there's going to... a sign above the door this is the gilded rose hotel i'm going to straighten my clothing and my hair look over a tag and say, perhaps it would be best if you wait outside. <laughs> uh, you just had your two beers. You could sit down out here, enjoy the fresh air, and I can take care of this part. Uh, I will uh, be sure to have a bucket of water ready for when you light something on fire that probably that you shouldn't have. Have fun. Fine. So I walk in. What do I see when I walk in? Uh, you walk in and you're immediately met by a small half-elf uh, dressed in very fine clothing, uh, solid black uh, pants and vest with a white ruffled shirt underneath, uh, brown hair slicked back. Good evening, Master Tiefling. Uh, how how may I assist you on this evening? Table for one, please. Ah, just just yourself. Okay, just- um... Give me one moment. It will be, um, it looks approximately an hour or so before we have a table available for you. No, I'm going to slide a gold onto the table between us. Ah, yes. Okay. It will be approximately an hour before we have a table available for you. I'm going to flash my eyes red and spark a flame between my fingers and use my intimidation. Where's my intimidation roll? Damn it. <laughs> On the left side of your character sheet. The intimidation. Left side of my character. Left center, yes. Left center. All your skills there, acrobatics, animal handling, etc. Right. 
And I just press the button. Look at that. All right. So with an 11, yeah, he's a small little half-elf. He probably doesn't see a lot. So, yeah, you can you can intimidate him a bit. Okay. Um, yeah, one, one moment. Let, let me see what I can... Um, what I can arrange for you, sir. And uh, go ahead and roll a perception test. I love these buttons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't. You don't really uh, pick up on anything else, though. Ah, uh, yes, convenience. <laughs> now that's it. Once again, you. I'm completely out of uh, character. Um, how do I take care of the money now that I'm? That's coming and going. Uh, that's the one thing I didn't fill out because I haven't been tracking that, but you have an inventory tab. Okay, well, I'll have to do that another time then. Okay. All right, what am I doing now? I, I, right, I, so, I yeah, a few minutes pass and the, the half-elf comes back. I, I, have found, I have found a table for you, sir, uh, right this way. Better not be by the kitchen or the bathroom stalls. So you see uh, he starts leading you to the left and he immediately stops and turns to the right. <laughs> Very well done. Yes, yes, right right here, sir, right here. I found a wonderful seat for you uh, nearby the hearth, as a matter of fact. I don't even look at him or acknowledge him, and I sit Oh, down. good, they put him by fire. This ought to end well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's a, it's a small little table, but a very comfortable chair, very fine wood, uh, no carvings in it, no, no stains. Fetch me a glass of wine. Your, your, your server will be with you shortly, sir. I, I must return to the door. And before he even finishes walking away, uh, a, a beautiful elven woman walks up. And will you be dining with us tonight, sir? I will only be having a glass of wine. Ah, yes. What kind of wine? I would like a red wine, please. Mm. Your finest. Ah, very well. One moment. All right. Well, she's gone. I'm going to be looking around. How many people am I seeing here? This is a rather large establishment. Uh, now that you're taking a moment to look around, you see there's actually plenty of empty tables. Okay. They, they could have sat you at any point. All right. Uh, there, there are... Uh, Waste selves. <laughs> there are a couple uh, tables with uh, a man and a woman who appear to be you know, staying and having some sort of romantic dinner. And there's uh, one table off to the right side with a dwarf and fine clothes and a couple other dwarves that aren't quite as finely garbed. Okay. Dwarves are typically fairly loud. Am I able to hear what they're talking about? Uh, they're actually not talking at all. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the main dwarf, the finely dressed one, is enjoying a fine meal, and his two subordinates are just kind of sitting there and enjoying their drinks. Okay. And those are the only patrons in this establishment? Unless you want to interrupt one of the couples. <laughs> There's, uh, you know, about a half dozen of them. Okay. All right. I'll wait until my wine shows up first. Okay. It, you know, it takes a moment, but eventually, yes, a, a large glass of uh, very fine red wine appears at your table uh, from the elf. Okay. I actually ask her, I point in the direction of the dwarves that are sitting down and ask who the gentleman is of import. Oh, why, that is Master Thernus. Uh, he is uh, one of our regular patrons. He arrives uh, once every week or two. And is he from around here? Uh, he only stays here for uh, one night per visit, so I believe he lives elsewhere. But uh, he, he is a regular patron. Okay. He tips very nicely. Uh, 
please send him a glass of ale, your finest ale, for me. I will be sure to do that, sir. Thank you. And so she shuffles off back to the kitchen, a minute later comes back with a mug of ale, and hands it to Theranus, and you know, points in your direction. I tip my glass in his direction and nod. He gives you a small nod in return. Yep. I don't wait long, and I get up, and I walk over to his table, and I introduce myself. It is nice to see someone as regal as yourself. It's been some time since I've had the company of pleasant conversation. I've unfortunately had to travel with a half-orc. Half-orc? Hmm. How did a tiefling and a half-orc end up traveling together? Uh, we are, except work for hire at different different locales, depending on the type of work that's offered, but we are discreet and we do offer protection that otherwise folks could not have. Hmm. I understand you are not from these parts. No, no, I travel amongst the dwarven cities, typically, but I stop here on my travels between Torum and Combaldar. And where are you from? Ah, <laughs> Far, far underground, you would not, you would not know its name, Tiefling. And yet, I've had nothing but wonderful experiences in your many cities, and your people are very quite nice. Are you on your way to Cumbledar now? As a matter of fact, I am. We too are on our way there. Is there anything that you would like assistance with on your way? My boys here can typically handle most of the loading and unloading. Uh, what I'm talking about more is protection, which isn't to take away from their abilities. I'm certain they can handle a certain amount of danger. However, if you want to make certain that what it is you're transporting is secure, I can assure you that it would be with us. I don't believe uh, we've ever had very much issue needing protection along these trails. Uh, most would know not to tamper with dwarven caravans well if you change your mind i'll be at the other table feel free to send one of your people over to get me and i'm going to walk back to my table and slowly sip my glass of wine okay now seeing as this is a podcast we may want to speed up if anything's going to happen <laughs> so I, I was just taking a sip of water <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out there uh, so you see uh, Theranus uh, finishes his meal, goes to stand up and leave, and one of his uh, subordinate dwarfs comes over to you with a, a scrap of paper and slides it your way, bows, and follows after. Okay. I wait until they're out of the restaurant, make sure that nobody is looking over my shoulder, and I open the paper. Okay. It says uh, very simply, East Gate, First Light. Uh, five gold per person for passage, fee waived if, in quotes, protection needed. Okay. Fold the paper, put it to my breast pocket, finish my glass of wine, get up, and walk out. Uh, as you go to walk out the half-elf door, uh, excuse me, Master Tiefling. I turn to him, my eyes burning, and point to the empty tables. And say, apparently it would not have been so much trouble to seat a tiefling in this fine restaurant of yours. It certainly would not have required both a threat and a bribe, I say loudly. 
I recall no bribe. But your your feedback is greatly appreciated, and uh, I will definitely uh, forward it to the management. Uh, however, it is also not difficult to pay for one's drink, is it? Yeah. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and 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 fire my hand. What, what, what do I have here that, that <laughs> warms? Not necessarily burns the crap out of him, but I have one that does. Uh, that would probably be your thaumaturgy cantrip. All right, I'm doing that. <laughs> All right. I don't have a thaumaturgy cantrip. Go over to cantrips. Cantrips. What does that do again? Info. There's the info. No way. Boom. Damn. You manifest a mirror winner, a sight of supernatural. Good enough. I'm casting that motherfucker. <laughs> So yeah, he he twitches a bit, and glances, and uh, Mas- Master Tiefling, what what's what seems to be the problem? Oh, sir? son of a bitch! How I, much is the glass? I I believe that that wine is uh, three gold for a glass. No, you'll take one gold, and that'll be all, and you'll get out of my way. And I will make sure not to tell everyone in Cerulea that you do not serve our kind here unless you are threatened. I believe we had no issue serving your kind, sir. I don't care. Is it, is it common in Cerulea to underpay for service? I'm throwing down one gold and I'm walking out. Okay. Go ahead. Is that, you want to dance? Let's dance. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes are flashing furious at him and I'm walking out and he's lucky he got that gold. So let's see if he wants to dance. Yeah, he'll let you walk out. All right, I walk out. Tag, let's get the hell out of here. Oh, I see you managed not to burn the place down. How many people did you threaten? It remains to be seen. Let's go. <laughs> All right, so we need to find a place to sleep for the night. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stay at the Gilded Rose? I'm thinking that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> I don't appreciate the manner in which they treated me. So, what other establishments are in the area? Yeah, Not bottom for... of the line, somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Uh, baseline in, yeah, there's several of them around you can choose from. All right. Well, let's go to one. Mm-hmm. So, you find the uh, the Leaping Trout. It's a, it's a, it's a oh, common, trout. common establishment, much like uh, many you've seen before. <laughs> okay. What's wrong with the Leaping Trout? Oh, come on, seriously. <laughs> An establishment named the Leaping Trout is not middle of the road. <laughs> it's, a, it's a coastal village. A lot of them are named after fish. Fish? fish. Yeah. <laughs> not exactly Ramada Inn kind of thing. <laughs> well, biting beta fishes is next. <laughs> me, me, me thinks that Sir Reginald's uh, expectations of coastal towns is much higher than it needs to be. <laughs> Well, in in Cerulea, they are named quite differently. <laughs> All right. All right. So we go in and ask for two rooms. Okay. So uh, per room, you're looking at, uh, we'll say about a gold a piece, and that'll come with a meal. All right. What time is it now? It's uh, not the middle of the night, but it's definitely at the point where people are heading home. Okay. 
Is it too late to get that meal now, or is that? Oh long? no, you, they, it's warming over the fire. Okay, all right. Well, are we sitting down to have our meal? Is there a common area, or is it in our rooms? It's up to you. All right. I suggest we sit in the common area so that I can give him the information. Okay. So we go and sit down, and I slip him the. I'm assuming the barmaid's going to come, offer us drinks. Mm-hmm. She'll bring your, uh, you know, your pots of stew or your bowls of stew and. Uh, ask what you would like to drink. Okay. Actually, I'm just going to stick with the stew. Okay. And Joe, tag. Uh, a stew and uh, do they have any portions of like lamb shanks or anything like that? Uh, most lamb of the uh, aren't we large pieces of meat kind of sold out earlier in the evening. Uh, and I'll stick with the stew then. And is anybody feeding Robin? Of course. Where the hell has Robin been in all this? She's been tagging tagging along. Well, she has she's been to. hanging out with me while you've been busy doing things. All right. Yes, Robin. She's, she's always there. Robin's going to take whatever I don't finish for my stew. I buy her a stew. She's not yours to buy things for. She saved my life. Whatever. So it'll be an extra 25 silver for Robin's. Or That's not 25 silver. Jeez, that's a lot. <laughs> it'll be an extra five silver. This better be some damn good stew. <laughs> All right. Once the barmaid is gone, I slipped a piece of paper to tag on the table. I have us work. Okie dokie. Not sure why all the secrecy. <laughs> because? Just because. Be quiet. Why not? We don't know what's waiting around any corner here. Could be some uh, bouncers upset about not being paid for a drink. You never know what you're going to come across is what I'm saying. <laughs> did you not pay for a drink at the last place? Jeez. I did. So Reginald, come on. Anyways, so what time did it say on the piece of paper again? Uh, first, first light. light. First light, yeah. So we can sleep and just be gone. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's all I wanted to show him. I don't care about anything else he has to say. So we can eat our meals in silence or he can just yammer away. I finish my meal and then I go catch a bath and uh, see if I can get uh, some laundry service for my clothes. Because, you know, fish. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, that can all be arranged. I'm just going to head to my room. Robin can come with me. She can sleep on the floor. Yeah, there's a small little fold-out cot. Uh, they're used to uh, their residents bringing retainers. That's it. She can... Take care of folding my clothes for me. I spruce up a little bit in the bathroom or whatever and then hit the bed. All right. Oh, is there like a wake-up call or something at this hotel place? Or how uh, are we getting wish, a bed? Certainly. Oh, I want to make sure that we don't arrive late for this meeting. So I ask that they wake us up before first light. Okay. They will do so. All right, then. All right, that's it for me. And I sleep like a baby. Yeah, other than a bath and uh, laundry service, I really have no other plans for the evening except for to sleep. All right, then. Uh, the next day dawns, and just uh, before the sun starts peeking above the horizon, there's a knock at both of your doors. Robin, get the door. It, they say it's time to get up, sir. All right, fetch me my clothing. It's already hanging Fetch, Don't you talk back to me. Just because you saved us doesn't mean that I'm your pal. All right, I get dressed. All right, you guys heading out? 
We're yeah. ready. So you uh, arrive at the east gate and you see the dwarves you saw the night before. Uh, Theranus is standing on the wagon watching the other dwarves loading up some merchandise. Good morning. Hello, Master Tiefling. I see you're taking me up on my offer. Yes, sounds like it could be a fine adventure. This here is my companion tag, and this is my retainer, Robin. Mm, so three of you. And you are accepting the uh, now 15 gold fee if we do not need your protection? No, it was what you indicated was the fee was being waived should there be problems. Correct. And but if there are no problems, it would be five gold per passenger. I feel confident in accepting this, as trouble tends to find us. <laughs> I smile, wink, get into the cart. Very well then, sir. Joe, damn it, get in the cart. I'm <laughs> Dead air. I'm, I wasn't aware that I had a state that I was getting into the cart. I'm just kind of following along at this point. Like, I get into the cart. There you go. Narrator's not saying anything, so. The narrator was moving the flag. <laughs> so, yes, uh, after uh, a long day of travel, you arrive... Uh, about halfway to Kumbledar. Um, Joe, go ahead and just roll a d20. It's always fun when narrator gets you to roll, but doesn't tell you why. <laughs> it's an encounter day. That's fine. Day passes uneventfully. See, I knew what he was doing. Yeah, but there could be other people listening to the narrator who had no clue what he was on about. You've made and that evident. You made that perfectly. I'm not clear saying me. Times. I'm not saying me. And now that he has rolled the die, and I have told him the result of the roll, I would assume our listeners have been able to pick up exactly what he was rolling for. Oh yeah. I wouldn't said anything if I would. <laughs> so Robin actually uh, helps cook a nice dinner for all five of you. The worker dwarves seem very happy with uh, their offering. Theranus turns to you. Your retainer is a wonderful cook. These two, there's a reason I stop at the inn in between trips. Robin has proven many times to be quite useful with a frying pan in more ways than one. All right, so uh, you guys can go to bed for the night. We rolling anything? We doing anything? No, sun rises the next morning, no problem. There you go. So, uh, Joe, why don't you give us another D20 for the second day of the voyage? <laughs> yeah, there's actually some uh, bad weather this day, so you don't uh, quite make it all the way to Kumbledar. The, the road is too muddy. The, uh, the horses have trouble pulling its way through. But you do get to enjoy another wonderful meal cooked by Robin. Okay. And for the third day of the journey, once, once more. All right. Give me just one second here. Oh, that should be interesting. So yes, uh, as you guys are passing along, uh, you take a small rest during midday to water the horses and take in a small bit of rations. And suddenly, the two dwarves, the younger dwarves, cry out as the tree they've been sitting under reaches down and grabs them and rips them up into the air. 
See? <laughs> Was I not correct? <laughs> I look over at Tag and said, I just saved us 15 gold. <laughs> well, if you want to get technical, he saved you 15 gold by rolling well. It's true. Or rolling properly, at, at least. It was inevitable. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. No, I was fully uh, happy letting the, the dice determine this one. Yeah, yeah. Are we rolling anything here? Uh, you may roll your initiative. Because there's some tree ants that need killing. Okay. And uh, let's see here. Robin. Oh, wow. Robin's pretty quick today. And then the tree. That tree's pretty quick, too. <laughs> All right, Sir Reginald, what will Robin be doing on her first turn? Okay, does Robin now have, like, abilities? She might. She was saying... She... She's, she's learned a few things traveling with you. I would assume so. <laughs> she would have had to. All right. Um, okay, I haul over, over towards Robin, and I say, Robin, we need to light this thing on fire and fast. Do you have anything that can help? I, I have my, my flint and steel. That's how I start the, the campfire at night. All right. Light that tree on fire. Okay, sure. Run over there and start striking the flint and steel. All right. But uh, there doesn't appear to be very much kindling on the tree. All right. Well, that's her turn anyway. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I guess uh, with Robin being the closest one, the tree will slam its branches down at her. Plus six. And strike her for a lot of damage. Damn it, Robin. What the hell's the matter with you? All right, whose turn is it? It is Tag's turn. Yeah, I kind of walk over to the tree and uh, just kind of take out my loot and let loose a uh, a sonic shattering blow as I cast Shatter upon it. Okay, and that is a con save? It is a con save, DC 13, or 14, because it's a level 2 spell. He will fail the save, or it will fail the save. Cool, 3d8 damage coming up. Wow, nice. That is thunder damage. Uh, if there's anything fragile about it, it will break, as the spell implies. And a few uh, leaves fly off the branches, but not much else. Leaves? It's a tree. It is a tree. Yeah, but one would think maybe branches with that much damage. But they're not fragile. It's a very healthy-looking tree. All right. Sir Reginald, it is your turn. Hold on a second here. Uh, unfortunately, if you read, that has to affect a humanoid, and the tree is most definitely not a humanoid. Yeah. Well, some trees are. Really? No. No, they're not. <laughs> yes, they are. They're, they're completely different species you of things. You can have kind of anthropomorphized trees no, with faces and arms. Yeah. This is this is humanoid in a biological sense, not in... Well, not it doesn't say a, that. It's stature. Freaking tree ants are kind of humanoids. All right, fine. I'm going to Eldritch Blast the son of a bitch. Okay. That'll be pretty easy for you to do now. And you strike it very well. See how easy that is now? That's gorgeous. <laughs> so uh, what was the range on your thunder thing, Tag? Uh, 
30 foot, I believe. Okay, so you, you didn't have to get right up to it. No. no. Okay. Uh, it's Robin's turn. Uh, is she going to continue trying to fruitlessly light the tree on fire? Does she have any? <sighs> Robin, what else can you do that's useless? I can do a lot of things that are useless. Um <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you like me to hit it with my frying pan? No. That's usually what you have me do. No, just get back before you get hurt further. <laughs> Robin will fall back then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Useless woman. Tag, your turn. Uh, no, it's no, the trees. It's the trees. It is the trees' turn. But Tag would be the next closest. Uh, unfortunately, it can't quite move that quickly. So it'll shuffle closer to Tag and uh, just kind of sit there and sway in the breeze. Oh, actually, since Robin ran away, or no, we'll say Robin used the disengage action to get away so she can get, get away free. So Tag, it's your turn. Yeah, we're going to do uh, one more time. I'll use my second spell slot for the day. All right, so another con save. Yeah, we'll epically <laughs> fail that one. All right. Hey, you are rocking these rolls. Yeah, well, I got to do something useful. Yeah, so you can see the, uh, the the trunk starts to splinter and crack, but the tree is still upright. Sir Reginald? Okay, and the tree is still holding the two dwarves? What's left of them? What, what's left of them? shredded them. It kind of snapped their necks, yeah. Okay. And my my thing didn't light it on fire? The Eldritch Blast? Eldritch Blast does force damage, so no. It's just a ball of force. It's a Hadouken. A Hadouken. Aren't we fancy with our big words? Uh, Hellish Rebuke is when you get attacked. It's a counterattack. Okay. And this is... Cone in front, but it is fire, right? Yes, it is fire. Is it that close to me? Is it within 15 feet of me? You could move to within 15 feet of it if you want. Okay, I'm going to move to within 15 feet. I'm going to fire burning hands right at where it's starting to splinter. (laughs) So was that the the cast button or the info button that you clicked? Info. Okay, click the cast button. Uh, It's a spell level. It's only level one, I guess. I thought I turned that off. Uh, Level two for Warlock. Let me see. Okay, it still rolled it right, though. I, I, I was I, I thought I had made that easier, but uh, whatever. Yeah, because uh, as a warlock, your spell slots automatically level up as you roll, so I'm, all of your spell slots are level two now. I'm not complaining, I assure you. <laughs> so he needs to make a dex save. Spoiler alert, trees, not very light on their feet. He still makes it, so he'll oh, take half damage. Say, except that tree. <sighs> However, since it's a tree, it does take extra damage from fire. And it bursts into flames, drops what's left of the dwarves, and creepily enough, screams as it dies. Robin, did you bring any meat that we could cook over this thing? Um, I could go catch some rabbits. That would be something useful that you didn't do during this fight. I did what you asked me to do. Yeah, just getting pretty lippy there, Robin. Do you really have to be so mean to her? Just be quiet. Okay. No, I'm, very, I'm honestly curious. Why? Where's our buddy the dwarf that's still alive? Uh, he's hiding in the in the cart. All right. I holler over to him that it's safe to come out. 
I recover anything from the uh, unfortunate dwarf bodies that were there and bring it back to the cart and just kind of plop it into the cart. Uh, yeah, they didn't really have much on them. Uh, maybe yeah. a nice, a couple of nice pairs of work boots. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anything salvages, anything salvage. If I kick around that tree thing, does it have anything inside of it that's of use to us? Can it be looted is what I'm saying. <laughs> if squirrels can uh, hide nuts inside of trees, this tree may have I'll pockets. tell you what. Make an investigation roll. You laugh now. Freaking singing boy, just you wait. What am I, what am I doing again? Investigation skill. Uh, oh, there it is. Nah, you don't find anything. God damn it. I laugh. I start playing a song about brave, brave Sir Reginald who tried to loot a tree and failed. One of these days I'm lighting that loot up on fire. I'll just make a new one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We walk over to Dwarf Dude. Good. Good. Good thing you gentlemen were were with us t- today. I. Oh, God. My sons. We are sorry for your loss. However, seeing as this tree came alive and there's plenty others on the horizon, I suggest we get moving now. I did. Yes, yes. We're, we're almost to Cumbledore. We can, we can make it before the end of the afternoon. Uh, can, can one of you drive the, drive the cart? Tag. Actually, Tag, forget it. Robin, I know you can do it. You're absolutely right. She can. Damn yep. right. Bam. She doesn't do too well, but she does it. <laughs> Guys, she's at a plus four on that too. Jeez. So yes, you guys arrive in Kambaldar. Uh, Theranus just waves and thanks you again and rushes off inside a building. Just leaving us there, or is he? He's like, yeah, he's pretty distraught. He just lost his kids. They're dwarfs. That doesn't supposed to be a hardy. They're supposed to be a hardy. Death means different things to them than it does to other people. Yeah, well, they're still family oriented. Yeah, whatever. All right. Well, I look at Tag and I say, I guess we're here. We can have a look around, see if there's work to be had. But considering that we are closing in on. 50 minutes. Probably not a bad idea to... How much more did you want to go, Vince? I have nothing prepared. I've been improving everything. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned long, long ago. I can't prepare anything for you two. No, I just have to have an outline. That's what I do. Okay. We arrive in town. What time is it? Uh, it's, uh, it's late afternoon. Late you afternoon. guys actually didn't have that far to travel. You would have made it yesterday if the road was better. Right. Okay. I find the nicest inn in this entire place. And I just don't even wait for Sir Reginald. I just go and get a room. Well, I, I will remind you, since you now have standing with the uh, Dwarven Adventurers Guild, you do get free board at their establishment. I'm aware. I want to be friggin' pampered. <laughs> <laughs> with the shit that I've been putting up with for, like, weeks now. <laughs> well, I may be a half-orc, but I'm a delicate soul, damn it. Once he's gone and out of sight, I turn to Robin and coyly ask, shall we go look for our own adventure then? Whatever whatever you wish, sir. I think that might be fun. All right, you want to close there? That sounds fine with me. 
All right. Do your thing, narrator. <laughs> Thank you once again for listening to For the Lore Plays Dungeons and Dragons. This was a very interesting <laughs> session, to say the least. I always enjoy it when we just kind of just let things roll and see what sort of... Uh-huh, I see what you did there. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> see what sort of stories our adventurers can tell for themselves. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back before long, but before then, our next role-playing segment will be in two weeks when Joe will be running Roger and I through the world of Chicago circa 2075 in Shadowrun. Yay. It's going to be brutal. Oh, it's going to be a nightmare. I already have a second character made just in case. Yeah, yeah. Cockroaches are really awful in the future. Just going to warn you. <laughs> I have to decide if we need a 2067 version of Sir Reginald or something completely different. <laughs> I'm prepared for literally anything you can throw at me. Oh, you say that now. <laughs> I have a guy who literally took a an owlbear skin rug to wear it as a cloak because he wanted to be an owl bear, who then ran around, who also was a tiefling warlock, by the way, yelling hoo at people <laughs> while casting Eldritch Blast. I'm prepared for anything, sir. I will be testing that. Oh, feel free. Thank you for listening to For the Lore. Each week, the show is broadcast live on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Stop by forthelore.com live to join the conversation and have your thoughts discussed on the show. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Comic Book Informer, a weekly podcast from Vince and Roger, as well as Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast. <laughs>